The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. When life hands you a unique shift, what happens next? The gift is the shift. Welcome to The Sky's the Limit with your host, Karen Levitt. In our program, you will hear from people who have discovered the gift, whether through personal experience or those that are helping others through this experience. You'll find the next hour to be a motivating and encouraging one. Now, here is Karen Levitt. Hi, this is Karen Levitt, and welcome to The Sky's the Limit. And this week, I have the pleasure to be joined with Jennifer Williams-Fields. She's my featured guest, and Jennifer is passionate about writing, yoga, traveling, public speaking, and being a fabulous single mama to six kids, doing it all one at a time. However, it is a great struggle. She has been teaching yoga since 2005 and writing since she first picked up a crayon. And she's got a pretty remarkable story. She's written a book called Creating a Joyful Life, The Lessons I Learned from Yoga and My Mom. So I want to say a bit about that um, from her book. She shows us that when we shelter ourselves from struggle, we can become numb to both the trials and joys. Bit by bit, we see that her struggles allow us to learn compassion for others and thankfully ourselves. And it is with that that I would warmly welcome Jennifer to the program. Hello. Thank you for having me today. Oh, you're welcome. I mean, you have such a rich story, really. You, you have a, a great backstory. So what led you to write the book? I, I'd like to actually jump in and um, ask you about that because... Yeah, you certainly know a lot about struggle and a single mama with six kids. So can you share your backstory with some with the listeners and myself? Sure. Well, I've been writing, like you said, since I first picked up a crayon. I've just always been a writer, journaling, um, and then when blogging came along, I started blogging. I wrote for magazines and newspapers. And then as the babies started coming, I started writing less um, just because, you know, I was busy. <laughs> And so uh, I was married for 23 years, and they were not all bad years, but it, when the time came to end the marriage, I needed to refine myself again. So I got back mm-hmm. to writing, mm-hmm. and I was blogging, and people kept saying to me, I don't know how you do it. How do you do it? How do you be a single mom with six kids? How do you, how do you get out of bed in the morning with all that you've been through? And the answer I always gave was, well, you just do. You do what you got to do. But I realized mm-hmm. people wanted more. They wanted to know, literally, how do you get out of bed in the morning? How do you survive with six kids? Mm-hmm. So what I did was I took that blog and I made it into a book. And I titled it Creating a Joyful Life because, like you said, I, I do have a, a backstory of some unjoyful things. But mm-hmm. out of, out of uh, bad things, out of natural disasters, divorce, all those kinds of things, you can still find joy in life. And it's important to still find joy in life. And I wanted to ask, you, you touched on it, so you do know something about natural disasters because you're a Hurricane Katrina survivor, is that correct? Have I got yes, that correct? correct, yes. We were living in New Orleans when Hurricane Katrina hit, 
um, I was not going to evacuate like we were told to because we had been told to evacuate for so many other storms that turned it mm-hmm. out to be for nothing. So I was going to ride it out. Now, keep in mind, at the time, my kids were, the oldest was 10 and the baby was two months old. And then what happened was that I got a knock on the door from the local police and they said, you can't stay, you got to go. And so Mm -hmm. I literally loaded up six kids, a dog, and a bag of dirty laundry, and I hit the road and headed north. And it took about 15 hours to evacuate the city. So thank God we were out of the city when it actually did hit. But Mm -hmm. we did lose everything. And I've actually never been back to New Orleans. I've never been back. We totally, literally started all over. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and, and we share that, I think, in common because you and I both literally lost everything material that, you yeah. know, and, and items that you love, you know, sentimental pieces. Right. So when you lose it oh, all, yeah. it's I, when I left, I had nothing. I didn't even bring up the baby was two months old. I mm-hmm. don't have her, her newborn pictures because I didn't bring anything with me. Right. You, you know, time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So nothing literally starting over. So can we talk about that? Because with that, you know, comes great courage and also, you know, fear. Fear does, to some degree, keep us safe, right? So what was that like? What was that like for you? Well, fear keeps us safe, but it also keeps us stuck. And I think there's a really important definition. You Mm -hmm. know, if if you're facing a a lion, then fear is a good thing, right? Exactly. Exactly. Right. So, you know, so I have this natural disaster. I'm totally uprooted from my home. Um, I, I'm in a, a, a bad marriage, and I'm just afraid. What do I do? I'm afraid to start over. How am I going to do it? I know I don't want to go on in the marriage, but I'm afraid to leave because how am I going to be a single mom of six kids by myself? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So at that time, I think fear kept me stuck. It kept me in the marriage for a little while longer because mm-hmm. we were starting over together. Mm-hmm. Um, in hindsight, though, I think it was a good thing that I stayed. It allowed me the time to work on myself and okay. get myself prepared so that when the time did come to leave the marriage, I was in a better place. I was out of depression. I had a little bit of independence. Like I said, I had started writing again, so I, I kind of found myself again. Uh-huh. But and that then- fear, the fear, of, the fear of staying where I was mm-hmm. eventually got too much that the fear of the unknown I felt I could conquer. Uh, so the, the fear of staying where I was and the fear of staying miserable was just a worse thought than the fear of, well, how am I going to do this? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to have to figure it out and do it because I can't stay where I am now. Exactly. Exactly. No, I understand that. And then out of it, you you really did grow. You 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 blossomed. I mean, I always talk about you know don't really worry about the how, right? As long as you somehow. Um, have, find your vision or your vision finds you and, and, you know, something you really feel passionate about, the how shows up. The right and perfect people show up and you, you somehow you get what you need. Right, and exactly. And what I tell people is don't think 10 steps ahead. You know, I even write about it in the book a little bit about if you have a major choice or a life's choice to make in front of you or you're trying to figure something out, everyone automatically goes to the end result. Right, and they don't. They mm-hmm. say I don't know how to get there. Right. Well, you don't have to know how to get there. You just have to know what the first step is, exactly. and then the second step, and then the third step, and eventually, like you said, you attract people into your life to help you get where you need to be, and you end up there. 
Right. And, and you know, I think what, what I've learned, too, is we have to allow, we have to be willing to accept the people people that show up along the way to help because I know for myself and I know you probably are similar a lot a lot of us are we want to do it we want to do it our way we want to do, we can do this we don't need anybody's help so when when you can allow and let go of some resistance you you really can take on a magnificent life with, when the right people do show up right you have to be willing that. to accept the help and you're right I don't know if that's us type a people or if it's just women in general but we all have this almost chip on our shoulder that I don't need your help. I can do it by myself. But that's mm-hmm. not true. We do need help. And right. I had to learn that accepting help isn't just for me. It's also giving the person giving me the help a sense of satisfaction and pride. I'm as much helping them as they are helping me. Exactly. Because, you know, we're, we're really, truly not meant to go it alone in this life. I mean, we really are not. We are all meant, I think, to be in a collective you know, energy community together. Like right. or not, but that's true. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and you'll so, get much further and you'll be much happier when you accept that fact and you allow the people around you to help you. Exactly. Exactly. Like you said, because they're feeling called within themselves to step up to reach out to you. So to deny that is really, you know, to create a block in in some, really in some way. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, the book's title, I love it, and it is written regarding yoga. So um, who, is, who is the book written for exactly, and do I need to do yoga to really appreciate the book? Well, the book is written for women. As a woman, okay. I can only write from my perspective. Mm-hmm. And I say it's, it's written for every woman who's ever looked at her life and said, how did I get here? What happened? Mm-hmm. You know? But I've said it's for women, but I've had quite a few men come up to me that have read it and said, oh, I get it. I, either I now understand my wife a little bit more or, wait a minute, everything you said in this book applied to me. Just change mm-hmm. a couple pronouns and this is my story, too. So the book is for anybody who feels oh, stuck in life and not, doesn't know what to do. Now, right. do you have to practice yoga? Absolutely not. I promise mm-hmm. you, you don't have to ever step on a yoga mat to still get something from this book. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. talk very little about actual yoga poses mm-hmm. because yoga isn't about touching your toes. It's about what you learn in the process of touching your toes. It's about self-exploration. And I, um, there's a review on Amazon that I mm-hmm. was reading just this weekend, and it said, let me start off by saying that I'm not a yoga person, but I thoroughly enjoy this book. You don't mm-hmm. have to understand it or participate in yoga. And I still don't like yoga, but I still love this book. <laughs> it <laughs> so, is. Yeah. A- so don't let the yoga part scare you away. I, the yoga part is more introspective, meditative, learning about yourself. It, it is. And I really, and you know, you've, you've graciously gifted me a copy and I, I did go through it and I love it. And, you know, it says in the book that you take the perspectives of yoga and the nuggets of wisdom offered by your late mother. And Jennifer shows us how to overcome obstacles and march forward with joy into life. That's such a powerful, powerful sentence. I love that. Thank you. Really. Mm-hmm. Mm. It, you know, it, it's just great because I think so often, you know, we're so willing to take on whatever life gives us, right? The bumps, the bruises, the forks in the road, the, you know, let's say, you know, oh, we're divorced or we're this or we're that. And we wear it like a badge of honor. And yet it serves like a set of blinders to keep us 
you know, it keeps truly our rich, abundant life away from us to some aspect. Right. It keeps our heads down, yeah, and you show us how to live. When you think that life is always happening to you, life is coming after you, and and poor me, you Mm -hmm. lose that sense of self-control. If you feel you're not in control of your life, then you've got nothing, you know, then, then you are depressed and it is hard to get out of bed. But even though those things happen, whether the divorce or death, natural disaster, mm-hmm. anything, you know, we're all going to have bad things happen in our life. Mm-hmm. So we have to maintain our sense of control over it all. You know, right. I can't, right. can't control the fact that my husband walked out on his family, but I can control my reaction to that. And right. that's what's more important right there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I like, you know, I like what you say about control. And I say, you know, for me comes up as mindfulness, which is the same thing as, as you know, I have control. It, we all have a choice, right? Everybody has a right. choice what we're going to do. So, yeah. It's, what 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 fork in the road are you going to take? You know what? Yeah. Are you going to go back to the same old, same old? Or are you going to choose something different? And sometimes choosing the high road can feel uncomfortable because it's new and different. And we don't know because we've not traveled on that road. But like I said, you're a prime shining example of what happens when you truly allow and can be vulnerable and open up to the, to the world. And it, and it so graciously gives back in so many. Well, thank you. Yes, and, you, and you're right. Taking the high road sometimes can be a lonely road to, to walk along. But mm-hmm. in the end, I go to sleep at night knowing I've done the best I can for me and those around me. I have no regrets. I have no remorse. So that's why I, that's why I strive so hard, and sometimes it's tough to stay on the high road. It it really is, and you're right. It can sometimes be a very lonely walk, but you you know, you know, you, you somehow you, you really know. My gut tells me when I'm on the right path, and my gut tells me when I'm when I've deviated a bit too. It's it's like automatic. So right, I, yeah, I love that. And we're going to come up to a break, Jennifer. So I'm going to ask you and the listeners to please stay with us, and we'll be back momentarily. It's your world. Motivate, change, succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Are you ready for a health, life, and empowerment show in one? Then be sure to listen every week for Living Well with Ann Beal. Ann takes her long-running TV show to the Internet Talk Radio Airwaves with guest experts and insight designed to help you live a healthy and successful life. By hearing from the experts and those who have found success, our goal is that you too will be motivated to do the same. Living Well with Ann Beal can be heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Life is a journey which never gets easier. As we go through life, we just handle things better as we get to know ourselves. Listen for the Mental Sherpa by Theta Spring. Host Alexandra Janelli believes that each of us are pre-programmed with all the answers and tools we need to move through any situation life throws at us. It's discovering those tools and answers that will set us on the right path to enjoying and navigating life. Listen every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Are you in your own driver's seat? Tune in to a program that will get you there based on what others have managed to do through challenges in their lives and how they persevered. Tune in to The Real Deal with Danielle Delaney. 
On our show, we use real issues and experts to help you reclaim your life. Danielle and her guests are here to steer you in the right direction. Make sure that you are here every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's time to harness your power. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to The Sky's the Limit with Karen Levitt. If you have a comment or question about the show, we encourage you to send an email to the sky's the limit show at gmail.com. That's the sky's the limit show at gmail.com. And remember to use the hashtag the gift is the shift all over social media and encourage others to discover the program. Now, back to Karen Levitt. Hi, this is Karen Levitt, host of The Sky's the Limit, and I'm joined with Jennifer Williams. Fields, my guest this week and author of A Joyful Life, The Lessons I Learned from Yoga and My Mom. And Jennifer, we have so much to talk about. So, you know, I want to, first of all, get back into your book because it's a great book. And what makes your book different than other self-help books? Well, I think what makes my book different is I am a real average person. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I do not have a chef. I do not have a nanny. I don't have a housekeeper. You know, when I get off this interview, I'm going to go do some laundry, <laughs> you know? So mm-hmm. I'm a real person, and I relate to real issues. So, you know, if I pick up a, a self-help book by a celebrity, well, mm-hmm. they just don't get it. They don't have the financial struggles that I do. I need to talk to somebody who, who's lived my life. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why so many women have have embraced my story as their own because mm-hmm. they're living the same story I am. You know, I had to go through all the bad stuff and put into practice everything that I'd learned and had been teaching. Basically, I had to walk the walk and talk the talk, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, and that makes me much more relatable, I feel, to other people because they're also doing laundry in their downtime too. <laughs> you know, we're not all at the spa getting pedicures and massages. We're right. living a real life here. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, life still happens, right? I mean, right. honestly, mm-hmm. yeah. And like I said, I, I'm so thankful for you today for your time to join me because time is a premium for you, and I got that. So this is this is a huge blessing for me as well. And like I said, I, I love the book. And um, you know, I'm sure you've got six kids. You're a single mom. You know, writing a book is not easy. I'm going through the process myself, um, and I know there are probably other people who have some belly fire or you know thoughts about. I'd like to write a book. What was that process like for you? It was a very long process because, like you said, I, I don't. Time was such a premium. I was writing late at night after the kids were in bed. I was writing um, on the sidelines of the soccer field while my boys were practicing, and it, it honestly took me almost two years to write the book. But now that's not nonstop. That's working on it diligently and then having to put it aside when life took over. Mm-hmm. Um, the book was actually finished a couple of weeks before I found out suddenly I was getting divorced. Really? And so I, when that all went down, I had the manuscript in my bedroom, and I literally picked it up, walked outside to the trash can, and threw it away. Seriously? Because I thought the book was a lie. I seriously did that. Now, fortunately, I did not have enough sense to delete it off my hard drive on the computer. (laughs) 
<laughs> because about six months later, when I finally got some sense back to myself, and I pulled mm-hmm. it up on the computer, I thought, wait a minute, the book isn't a lie. It's more true now than it ever was. And so I got back to work editing it. Then life happened again. I had a, a medical crisis with one of my children. The book got put aside. Uh, going through that medical crisis with my child, again, just reinforced to me, no, this book, again, is more true than ever. We're not meant to go through this alone. So it took me about a year and a half-ish from absolute start to completion. But to it. it needed that time to ferment and, and grow and and become more truthful to me. So, so, don't, so if you're out there writing a book, don't rush it. Let it happen right. naturally, and it'll be better off that way. So what, what kept you inspired? I know you, know you probably hear that a lot when people ask you and you interview and you speak, because you do speak. Um, so first of all, what kept you inspired? And, and, you know, we all have people in our lives who either don't understand or they don't understand why we're doing what we're doing because they just can't, you know. So what would you say to, like, I guess the naysayers? You said, you know, what, why do you need to write a book? Well, I needed to write a book for two reasons. One, I needed to write a book for myself. Okay. My goal in writing this book was to sell one book to someone who did not feel obligated to buy it. <laughs> so not to my dad and not to my sister, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Right. And I didn't, care, I didn't care how many it sold. I was writing the book for me. I had set out to write a book, and I was going to accomplish that. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that was so important to me was I have six kids watching me watching my every move. And it's so important to me to teach them, you can set out to do what you want to do and still be responsible, mature, take care of your family, hold down a job. Mm -hmm. You know, from I have four boys and two girls. For my daughters, I want them to see what a strong, independent woman looks like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I want my boys to learn to respect a strong, independent woman. I want them to see that that mom isn't just mom. She has her own life, too, and and her wants and needs are important as well. So we're going to give her some time to go write. Or we're going to help out a little bit so that she can go edit the book. And that's important to teach kids, I think, that that mom needs to have her life as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, you're, no offense, you're not just there to serve them, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Now, I, but at the same time, if my kids call, I'm going to pick up the phone, <laughs> you know? Oh, absolutely, You and yeah. I had to reschedule this at, at least once, maybe even twice, because of some issues that I had going on with my kids. And thank you for that, by the way. Oh, but, So they are my priority, but they also understand that, you know, fortunately, they're at school right now, but... Mom's on an on a interview, so we need to give her some quiet time. And they've learned that, and I think that's important. That is important. That is, because you're, you're teaching them, you know, boundaries. And like you said, you're, what, what you're doing in the world, you're showing them. You're a living, shining example. And, and you can, you know, truly create something. And, and you're doing it so beautifully. And, you know, in the book, you write about really big issues that a lot of people don't even want to talk about or they talk about briefly around the water cooler at the lunch table, you know, because y'all hear the yammer, yammer, yammer. So you talk about in the book such issues as depression, suicide, divorce, and addiction. And you're really open. You're, you're beautifully open and vulnerable. And you put, quote, unquote, all your dirty laundry out there in the world. What was that like for you? Uh, some of it was a little hard, I'll be honest, um, because it's there, there's a shame associated 
with even divorce. Even nowadays, there's still a shame associated with divorce. There's a shame associated with uh, addiction, mm-hmm. you know? And, and even though it's not my addiction, there's still a shame associated with it. So some of it was tough to write. But what was important to me was I wrote it in a way that I was writing my story. I don't mm-hmm. have a right to, to write my husband's story. His addiction is his story to tell. I can only tell how it affected me, my choices, my family. So when I wrote about it, I wanted to be as honest as possible because when we're quiet, when we're silent, the mm-hmm. secrets are what end up doing us in. You know, the mm-hmm. secrets just create, we, secrets create us by isolating ourselves. Right. And when we isolate, we can't get help. <laughs> you right. know? Right. And, and the more I spoke out about it, and the more I talked about it, the more people would come up to me and say, oh, me too, but don't tell anyone. Well, I'm yeah. not going to tell, don't worry. But at least mm-hmm. you and I can talk about it and share what we have in common, what worked for me, what didn't work for me, what mm-hmm. was the solution, what was at least the salvation in that moment. Mm-hmm. And so when we get rid of the stigma associated with depression, and depression especially, right? Oh, just mm-hmm. get over it. Oh, well, absolutely. Depression is a legitimate thing. It's a biochemical reaction in your brain. I can't help that. Right. <laughs> but I don't want to admit it. And it's amazing how many people have come up to me and said, oh, I didn't want to go on depression meds because, because I thought it made me weak, but then I read your book. Mm-hmm. You know, and it doesn't make you weak to go get help so that you can care for your family. That doesn't make you weak. That makes you strong. Right. So in being honest and, like you said, airing my dirty laundry out there, I have had some some flack about that. I've had some people come back at me. But Mm -hmm. it's more important to me that I was honest and I told the truth. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I love that. And, you know, you you talked about... You know, see, it's things can be a secret, like depression, divorce. You know, um, addiction. It it can be a deep secret. We we carry that with us, right? So when we, it's it's really metaphorically. I think you know we keep it. We we want to hide it, and then what do we do? We hide it in our bodies. We hide it. We hold that energy inside of us, and it creates discontent, disease. It really does, and. You know, you so beautifully show us in this book your walk and then how yoga really, you, you, it opens you up. It frees your body into flow of energy and connection. And it's, it's just wonderful. I really, I can't say enough about it. But when, well, when you were speaking, that's what's come, coming up. Thank you. And, you, and you, you've, you're exactly right. That's where the yoga part of the book comes in. That when we keep a secret... It was explained to me that it's like a black cancer inside you. There's this blackness mm-hmm. inside you. And it weighs you down and it drags you down. But when you move and you breathe, it, it gets that energy flowing and it gets that negative energy out of you. And maybe for you it's not yoga. That's okay. Maybe you go mm-hmm. for a walk at night. Maybe you're a runner. Maybe you paint. Maybe you sing or dance to music. Whatever it is just to... Get rid of the negative. Get your body moving. Get your body breathing. Get the energy flowing. Get mm-hmm. the negative out and the positive in. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, how often, right? Do you turn on the radio and you hear a song and it instantly can bring you back to, it triggers a memory, a pleasant memory. And and all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're smiling bigger. And right. life seems to, yeah. 
Mm -hmm. I love that so much, really, that I can talk to you about. So (laughs) I really, I know we're going to be coming up on a break, but I really want to touch on, I love page 52. Tips for my sister to those who don't like to exercise. (laughs) I read them. They're very honest and very meaningful, and yet they made me laugh. So I want to ask, we're going to come up on a break. Jennifer, so I'm going to ask you and the listeners to stay with us. And can we pick this up when we come back and break? Oh, sure. Let's do it. Thank you. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Do you or somebody you love have a struggle with abuse? You don't need to be a slave to your abuse anymore. Listen for Beyond Abuse, Beyond Therapy, Beyond Anything with Dr. Lisa Cooney. Dr. Lisa overcame struggles in her own life. Two decades of sexual, emotional, and physical abuse nearly took their toll. In her 20s, she turned her life around and set upon a path to help others. She can help you find the key to take control of your life, too. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to The Lori Moss Show, Better Job, Better Life. Learn about what isn't being said in business that keeps you stuck, under-recognized, and overlooked. Listen in on the exciting, sometimes awkward, and often sensitive subjects that aren't covered during the 9 to 5, but should be. Transform from being stuck to being sought after with Lori's proven concepts. Revolutionize the way you work and up-level your professional presence with the expert in professionalism, Lori Moss. The Lori Moss Show, Better Job, Better Life, can be heard every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. If you're in an unhealthy relationship or you want to know what helps you avoid being in an unhealthy relationship, be sure to tune into Tamar's Relationship Transformations. Host, author, and certified relationship coach, Tamar Neal, uses real scenarios from her experience as a 911 operator and counselor to change the way you see potentially abusive relationships. Tune in every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are listening to The Sky's the Limit with Karen Levitt. If you have a comment or question about the show, we encourage you to send an email to Show at gmail.com. That's the sky's the limit show at gmail.com. And remember to use the hashtag the gift is the shift all over social media and encourage others to discover the program. Now, back to Karen Levitt. Hi, welcome back to the sky's the limit. This is Karen Levitt with my featured guest this week, Jennifer Williams Fields. And we're talking about her book, Creating a Joyful Life. And we're referring to page 52, which I absolutely loved. So, Jennifer, can, we can pick it up on that. It's tips from your sister to, to those who don't like to exercise. I, I found those so meaningful. So, you know, Shabby's, you list off good shoes and people who frequently, um, I'm sorry, people who frequent walking tracks are overly friendly early in the morning, which is funny. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and what's so cool it, about that is when I was writing the chapter, 
my sister was just beginning an exercise program of her own. Unlike mm-hmm. me, she had never been into exercise. She didn't want any part of it. Um, and so my sister and I are complete opposite in the fact that when stress takes over, I mm-hmm. will When stress takes over her, she stops eating, which I, I don't mm-hmm. understand how you do that. But So we're complete opposite. So she was on a journey to get healthy as well. Mm-hmm. And so I told her, just go for a walk. Go for a walk. That's all you got to do. Mm-hmm. And she texted me and said, what is it with walk, people that walk the track early in the morning? They're all smiling and happy. <laughs> and she was almost mad about it. Like, how dare they be happy? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, because stop she that. Didn't, right. She didn't get it yet. What do these people have to be so happy about? Well, honestly, it was only a matter of a couple of days to where she was walking the track and smiling, too. Because I love that. physically, you know, those endorphins kick in and you feel better. But she was doing something for herself. Mm-hmm. You know, she was taking control of her life, even if it was setting her alarm a little bit earlier, putting on her sneakers and going for a walk. Something as simple as that. Mm-hmm. And like you said, my sister is very funny. She makes well, it is, laugh. It is constantly. funny. It is funny because there's another one that says anything is possible with a good music playlist, which amen to that, right? I mean, I think we can all attest. <laughs> yeah, you can get through anything with a good playlist. And then um, the next set, you know, really, I, I love them because they're strong. It says, um, you are way stronger than you give yourself credit for. That's, uh-huh. that's yeah, that's, yeah. that's really. And mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how slow you're going. You're moving faster than if you'd stayed in bed. That's an excellent, yes, and that's powerful. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then, so. Yeah. And, and she was, um, so after she began walking, she joined a local gym where she lives. Mm-hmm. And at first, she was very intimidated by it. She didn't want to go in there with those people who she thought were better than she was because I don't know whether it was they looked better or they knew what they were doing or what it was. But eventually, mm-hmm. she realized, you know what? No one's looking at you. Everyone's yeah. in that gym, worried about themselves, working on their own life. No one's looking at you. No one cares if your sweatpants have a stain on them or, or your shoes are, are old. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all here for the same reason. And you can shower later. It's okay. You're going to get sweaty. You can take a shower later on. <laughs> I, know, I, love, I love that tip from her. Exactly. You, you know, so yeah. it's really, yeah. And then she says, yeah, no one, no one is looking at you with, at the gym, which you touched on. Everyone has their own issues to work on. And they don't care if your sweatpants are too big or too old. So, in other words, just get going. Just do it. Just get out there and just do it. Stop worrying what other people are going to think and take care of yourself. Right? I know. Mm-hmm. I know. When we have something to do, right, how often do we find um, other distractions to keep us busy, to keep us really busy so that we don't really do what we know we should be doing? I know when I want to go stretch, I can think of probably three or four things that I have to do right then and there and then Uh there goes oh well I got busy I needed to do this you know so yeah so in other words just just get in just jump in right jump into the game of life we're we're really good at self-sabotage we can always find ways to convince ourselves we can't do something we shouldn't do something or we don't have time to do something Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we do that to ourselves it's absolute self-sabotage so since you've you've written your book and you speak and uh, you're, you've been a featured speaker at the 2015 inaugural Courage Makers Conference, and congratulations. Thank uh, you. You're absolutely your regular guest speaker for local media outlets, and you give motivational talks on gratitude, addiction, and self-care, which I love because 
we don't talk a lot about self-care. And when you do, people, I think there's often a misconception about that. So I think, you know, you, you beautifully touch on that once again with your book and what you say. Self-care is really important because, yeah, in order for us to even attract anything, you know, abundance, um, a fulfilling relationship with someone else, a coworker, we really have to love ourselves. And I wonder if you can really talk about that, the importance of self-love and self-care. Right. And, and everyone uses the example of when you're flying on a plane, you're told to put the oxygen mask on yourself first, right? right. So it, it really is the same concept that you have to take care of yourself to be able to do anything else. I can't be a good mom if I'm, if I'm sick and worn down. I can't mm-hmm. be a good employee if I'm overtired and overstressed. You know, so I have to take care of myself first. And we have this misperception that self-care equals selfish. And that's exactly. not true. Selfish is um, denying your responsibilities to go get your nails done when you don't have the money to get your nails done anyway. Right? That's a little selfish. Mm-hmm. Self-care is saying, you know what? I'm exhausted. Kids, you're on your own to make your school lunches for tomorrow. I'm going to go lay down for a little bit. That's right. self-care. Self-care is saying to your boss, no, I can't take on another project right now. I, my hands are full. Mm-hmm. Or saying to the, to the PTA, no, I can't take this on. I don't have the time. And it's, it's putting our needs first, which again sounds selfish, but if I'm not at my capacity, if I'm not going at 100%, mm-hmm. then I can't even give you anything. Right. You know? So look at moms. When we're sick, we're still up and going around because someone's got to take care of the house, right? Mm-hmm. But there comes a point when you have to admit, I'm sick, I'm tired, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to admit that. There's no shame in admitting that. And you need to just go take a nap. <laughs> you know? Right, because yeah, someone no, can be cured if you would just go take a nap for 10 minutes. <laughs> well, exactly. And, you know, when you, when you, like you said, when we can admit, you know, hey, I'm tired, I really need to you know, unplug for a little bit. That's not a weakness. It really isn't. You're, you're honoring your body. You're honoring, you know, what, what um, God, if you will, gave you, you know, all of who you are. And it's just, it's just so, so beautiful that you touch on this. So it's important. I think we overlook it. We're all so busy, you know, multitasking all the time, connected to every little device and moving through life. But we don't really stop. And you also, you know, said you know when to say when and you can speak up and tell your boss that you really I'm sorry I can't take on another project I think you know words do matter so it's how you say it and I love that so you can practice self-love right and be responsible and be in gratitude but you know once again words matter so tone matters it's not like you know you're saying it flippant right right And, and you touched on your body does speak to you you know, we're not used to listening to it, but our bodies do tell us what we need. Um, not just I'm tired and I need a nap, but, but look at people who, who have an illness. Uh, um, my mom, for example, she, she died of cancer, and the entire summer leading up to her diagnosis, she had a cough. Mm-hmm. And it was just a cough, a cough like you and I would have every allergy season. That cough turned out to be lung cancer. Mm. But, you, but she didn't look sick. She didn't act sick. She just had a little bit of annoying cough. Her mm-hmm. body was speaking to her. 
You know, right. and if you look back other times, um, people will say, you know, something just didn't feel right. And if you, even not just a physical symptom, but your intuition, something doesn't feel right. Well, if it doesn't right. feel right, then it's not right. Mm-hmm. And you need to take action. So, and, and, and like you said, we can take action in a responsible way. You know, I don't have to be mean. I don't have to be cruel to somebody else. Mm-hmm. But if someone's speaking to me in such a way that it's making me inside feel, no, this is wrong, mm-hmm. then I have the right to take care of myself and remove myself from that situation. Well, exactly, because it's toxic. Why, why would you, right? We keep running into the same wall. It, it starts to hurt. So we, we, you, have to, you have to say, yeah, I guess you have to know when to say no, right? And do it in right. love and kindness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And no is a complete sentence. We don't have to say no, I'm sorry, but just no. And that's mm. the end of it. Mm. I love that. And, you know, in, in your book you say that. You say, you're a grown woman. You don't need to give, I'm sorry, you don't need me to give you permission to say no when you want to. You know what you want and what requests are in line with your needs, values, times, and energies. And that's uh, from a section called Stand Strong. So like I said, this, this book, it's called Creating a Joyful Life, The Lessons I Learned from Yoga and My Mom. And, uh, you know, I, it's available on Amazon. And it's, it's an easy read. It's a, it's a great book. You can take it with you anywhere. It's not cumbersome. I love that about it, too, Jennifer. And, um, oh, geez, there's so, like I said, there's just so much we can talk about. So since you've written the book, how has your life changed? How has it changed? Well, um, it's changed in that um, I like to tell my kids I'm the most famous person in this house. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, I mean, it has definitely opened doors for me. You know, mm-hmm. I have met some amazing people along this path. I've been given some opportunities I never, ever thought I would have before. But then again, you know, my life is still the same. I'm still a mom of six kids. I've still got some dirty laundry to take care of. I still have some financial struggles. I'm still me. But right. the really cool thing about this is every time I do an interview, every time I give a speech, it reminds me, you know what? Listen to your own advice. <laughs> what you said there was actually pretty good. You haven't mm-hmm. been listening to your body. Maybe you should go do that for a change, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, um, and it's definitely expanded my view of the things that I've always tried to hide, depression, divorce, addiction, things like that, because we are so much more alike than we are not, mm-hmm. you know? Exactly. If you take a, think, think around just your neighborhood, however many houses in your neighborhood, I guarantee you, so many of them have been touched by these issues. We're just afraid to talk about them. So it's definitely expanded my view of, of certain things mm-hmm. in, in a good way. I love that. Yeah, and that's true. And we are all meant, like I said, to be connected. And we're coming up on a quick break, Jennifer. So I'm going to ask you and the listeners to please stay with us. We'll be back in just a moment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Do you feel alone trying to conquer life's challenges? Do you feel that there's sometimes nowhere to turn and nobody really understands? Remember, you are not alone. Every week, host April Joy Ford, who has faced adversity as a constant in her life, helps you rise above life's challenges with your own blueprint meant to discover the powerful you. 
April's challenges have included childhood sexual abuse, becoming a widow and single parent at 32, and other such curveballs. She'll help you get empowered holistically every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. On It's Absolutely All About You, host Eileen Nunez bases her show on the forthcoming book of the same name. If you've been taught to hold your head high and keep your self-esteem in check, where do you go if you aren't yet achieving that goal? Each program is based on a chapter of the book and comes from Eileen's many years of experience in order to help you find your inner peace. Listen for It's Absolutely All About You, live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We go through all kinds of challenges in life. How we deal with them is a different story. If we carry them on our shoulders, we can experience health problems, relationship issues, and other negative aspects these challenges can pose. Jeanette Abney's Precious Predicaments is here to help you pick up and sort out the pieces through education and encouragement. You don't have to live in fear and pain. Let's find solutions together. Precious Predicaments is heard live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to The Sky's the Limit with Karen Levitt. If you have a comment or question about the show, we encourage you to send an email to the sky's the limit show at gmail.com. That's the sky's the limit show at gmail.com. And remember to use the hashtag the gift is the shift all over social media and encourage others to discover the program. Now, back to Karen Levitt. Hi, this is Karen Levitt. Welcome back to The Sky's the Limit with Jennifer Williams-Fields, my featured guest this week, and her wonderful book, Creating a Joyful Life, The Lessons I Learned from Yoga and My Mom. So that being said, you have six kids writing I this do. book. Yeah, and you know, you're doing it all. You have a red cape. You're like super mom. So really, <laughs> you're a superhero because you can do it all. Um, so since you wrote the book and you know you work, a couple of jobs and you managed to do a, how has this experience been for your children you know them witnessing you become a published author going through the process speaking you know as I said you um, you know were the featured speaker at the 2015 inaugural Courage Makers Conference that's that's pretty big but what, is, what do your kids have to say well you know it's kind of funny um, the kids are older now my youngest is now 10 the oldest is 21 so I have quite a few teenagers in the house. And, you know, teenagers, they're laid back, they're cool, nothing phases them. So the day the book was published and it went uh-huh. live on Amazon, I was running around the house, I was screaming, I was excited, and their response was, cool, what's for dinner? <laughs> you know? So really? They they, he's very grounded. Now, the flip side of that, though, is uh, in unexpected moments, I find out how proud they are of me. Um, for example, uh, my teenage daughter, a mutual friend sent me a screenshot of what my daughter posted on Twitter. She wrote, hey, y'all, just so you know, my mom's kind of famous. I'm so proud of her. 
Now, she didn't say that directly to me. She posted that on social media, and I thought, she gets it. You know, she is proud of me. She has seen my accomplishment. So my kids are very supportive of me. Um, they come with me to events. They help me. They help me um, mail out books when I'm asked to personally sign them. They, they give me story ideas all the time, of course. But they, they also keep me very grounded. Mm-hmm. You know, that's cool, Mom. Hey, great, you're on TV today. Are you going to be home in time to take me to soccer? <laughs> you know? Exactly. So they remind me that above all else, I am a mom and I am there for my kids. Yeah, they, they keep it real, right? Right, absolutely, they keep it real. And I think it's really inspired them, too, to, to go for the things they want to go for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To not let any obstacles get in their way, to find a way around them. Do you feel like there might be another book coming out in the future? You know, every time anybody asks me that, I go, oh, no, I can't do it again, I can't do it again. No. But I'm starting to think that maybe there, I, I feel like there's a second book percolating in my brain trying to get out. Okay. So I think maybe, I don't think it's, it's I think it's going to be more focusing on the addiction that has hit my family. Mm-hmm. Addiction mm-hmm. issues. Um, and I don't have it worked out yet. Like I said, it's, it's still in my head. I don't have anything on paper about it. But I think, I think it's, it's trying to get out. I think that might be what's next for me. Well, you know, that, that's where they all, that's where a lot of, of great things, great projects, great books come from, right? It all starts like a thought. I, and I want to commend you because it's when we pay attention to the thought, which I often refer to as belly fire, you know, that, that yearning that just doesn't go away, that, that just kind of stays with you. I, I want to commend you for paying attention and noticing and, and being aware of that. Because like you said, you, um, people ask you about a second book or a possibility. And now you're like, hmm. So that's huge. I think when we pay attention, life does show us a direction, right? Right, exactly. And now I'm, you know, for the past year, I haven't been open to the opportunity to write another one. But now I'm open to that possibility. So it'll be interesting to see what comes my way to make that happen. I love that. Like I said, you know, you're, you're really a shining example. And from your book, you know, Brene Brown, who I love, and um, you have a quote in here, so I'd like to refer to that. And Brene Brown says, quote, the moments that made me are the moments where I came out from under something I didn't know I could come out from under, underneath from, end quote. And, you know, like I said, this book and, and this conversation, you just shine so bright. So you, you show us how it worked for you. A single mom, Hurricane Katrina survivor, six kids, divorce. And you show us how when we follow our soul and our gut and allow that anything can truly be possible. And this, this book here is just a great shining example. And as are you. And well, so, thank you so much. That means a lot yeah. coming from you. Oh, abs- oh absolutely. You know, it's, a, it's all about the alignment. And um, i like to know, you know, so I asked if there was a possible second book. So what do you see next for yourself, Jennifer? Uh, well, I'll definitely continue writing. I still write for some local, I still freelance for some magazines, both local and national. Um, I've had a couple of recent essays published on Yahoo, so that's pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. So definitely keep writing, keep seeing where the world takes me. I do still have a, a regular full-time job that pays the bills, of course. Um, and it's going to be interesting. You know, like we talked about my kids getting older now. I have one in college. I have one that just recently went to boot camp two weeks ago. He's been gone. 
I have another one that's going to leave next summer for boot camp. So my kids are starting to leave the nest. So I'm not real sure how that's going to play out. I'm not sure how I totally feel about that. But it's going to be an interesting adventure for sure. Yeah, it definitely does create a shift, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah it really does. Just having the one kid gone right now, so we're down to five kids in the house, <laughs> makes such a wow. difference. It's, it's, it's kind of an odd feeling. So mm-hmm. it's going to be an interesting year ahead for sure. Hmm. And I want to touch back on something. You know, you have been uh, featured with your essays on Yahoo and Dr. Oz, The Good Life and Scary Mommy. And you do regularly uh, write as a contributor for Elephant Journal Magazine, Your Tango, and Yoga You Online. And, um, you know, once again, we're coming to the close. I can't believe it. The time always flies by. And I always like to ask my guests, uh, you have one takeaway that you would like to share with the listeners from our conversation today? Oh, wow. One quick one-liner. I think I would have to say... It doesn't have to be one-liner. Out there, there's enough people out there in the world trying to get you down. Don't mm-hmm. be one of them yourself. Hmm. I love that. Take what you want, follow your passion, and go after it. You can do it. That's beautiful. Thank you. Because, you, like I said, you certainly are an inspiration. And I want to thank you, Jennifer Williams Fields. And... The uh, listeners can contact you, jenniferwilliamsfields.com. You are the author of yeah. Creating a Joyful Life, The Lessons I Learned from Yoga and My Mom, and they can also follow you on Facebook and Twitter. Is that right? Yes, that's right. You can find me there. Okay. And your book is available on Amazon. And it's on anybody. Amazon, barnesandnoble.com, um, or you can go through my website, and I'll send you an autographed copy. Oh, that would be great. And like I said, it, it's been a real privilege to be with you today. And thank you for joining me because, like I said, life is busy for you. So for you to get to, for you to set aside an hour to sit and talk is, is huge. So thank you to you and your children, really, for them, <laughs> for, for them being, you know, in gratitude and allowing you and allowing us to, to hear about your journey, your story, their story. And I look forward to see what's next for you. And I want to thank you once again, Jennifer Williams Fields, for being my guest and all the listeners. And I'll see everybody next week on The Sky's the Limit. Thank you for joining us for The Sky's the Limit. Karen Levitt looks forward to having you tune in for another program next Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, the gift is the shift. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.